All right. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for 21 days of fasting and prayer. The party is over. Christmas is over. New Year's has come and gone. And so I want to encourage everybody to get on board with 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But how many today can testify that battles are won in fasting and prayer? Oh, come on. I think we can do better. Can anybody testify that battles are won in fasting and prayer? And so for the next 21 days, and if you're new here, don't be scared. That doesn't mean you cannot eat anything for the next 21 days. That means that for the next 21 days, we're going to focus on things that distract us from God, and we're going to remove those things, and part of that is food, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, but I'm just putting that out there to, for you to get on board. If you want to change your life, link into fasting and prayer. You want to get out of the doldrums. You want to get out of maybe your, your life, spiritual life has been stale. You want to shake things up, start fasting and praying, and we're starting a new series uh, this week called Disciple, and for the next few weeks, we're just going to go through what a disciple of Jesus looks like, and we're going to do a lot of the discipleship content that I do in my discipleship class, because at the end of the day, we don't want to be Christians, and even more than Pentecostals, we want to be disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows and maintains a relationship and imitates a teacher or a leader. And in the case of us as believers, as Christians, whatever you want to call it, in the New Testament they were called disciples. Did you know that? Before they were called Christians, before any label was put on them, they were disciples. And the purpose of a disciple, it was a teaching and a learning technique in the world at that time, and a disciple would follow a teacher or a rabbi around all of the time, and they would pick up on their teaching, they would pick up on their lifestyle, they would pick up on their mindset, and they in turn would become teachers, and they in turn would have disciples who would follow them, and the teaching would continue and be propagated. And I want to tell us today, God has called us to be disciples. Does anybody want to be a disciple? Because here, here's what you need to know is that Christians, you can call yourself a Christian and do a lot of things. You cannot call yourself a disciple of Jesus in a good Conscience do a lot of things. You, there's going to be a lot of things that a disciple of Jesus cannot do. There's also a lot of freedom. There's a lot of things that if you're not a disciple of Jesus, that it, it, you're, you're incapable of doing. But when you become a disciple, God gives you the power to do. And it is said that disciples followed so closely to their rabbi that the sand of the rabbi's feet would not hit the ground because they were walking so closely behind them. And that's a picture of what following Jesus looks like. We're not following from a distance, but we are so close to him 
that the sand from his feet doesn't hit the ground because we, are, have, a, we have such a desire to be close to him. And it's been said by Eugene Peterson that what discipleship is, it's long obedience in the same direction. It doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in two years. It's a lifetime. How many knows that following Jesus, a lot of times it's very difficult. A lot of times it's very hard. And it takes a lifetime of practice. Is anyone else still practicing? Anyone else need a do-over every now and then? Well, that's what a disciple does. Now, I want to set this up today. The reason we're talking about discipleship, and I want to connect it to what we're about to do in the next 21 days. And I want to start in Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, those three chapters, Jesus kind of gives us a picture of what discipleship looks like. And it's in the middle of that that he talks about prayer and fasting. And he says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, be careful. Everybody say, be careful. In other words, watch it. Watch out. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. I want you to stop there. Whatever you're doing for people, you know what your reward will be? What people can give you. And you know what people can give you? Not much. But whatever you do for God will be eternal. And so Jesus is saying, don't do things so that people will have a certain opinion of you or that you'll look more spiritual than other people. Avoid all that stuff. How many knows the world's had enough of that stuff anyway? And he says, so be careful. But he says, if you do that, your reward's going to be limited to what people can give you. And he says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. Skipping down to verse 5, he says, and when you pray. Everybody say, when you pray. Not if you pray. Not if you give, but when you give. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Verse 16. Everybody say, when you fast. Not if you fast. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. And I, I just, we're going to come back to these verses, but I want to start here. Is that Jesus assumed that his followers would do three things. They would give, they would pray, and they would fast. That is what disciples do. That's what followers of Jesus do. So our first point today is this giving, praying, and fasting are basic habits of a disciple. How many know that our life is formed by habits? Show me your habits. I'll show you who you really are. And we want to be in the habit of giving. We want to be in the habit of praying. And we want to be in the habit of fasting. These three things are at the core of what it means to be a disciple. We see these three things in the life of Jesus. Jesus gave. His very life was a gift. Everything about him was about giving. Every healing was an act of giving. Everything that he did was born from giving. Jesus prayed. Jesus would remove himself from the crowds. He would remove himself. Sometimes he would close shop early, so to speak, and say, I'm, I'm done praying. 
for people for uh, the day, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to spend time with the Father because he, as a man, needed to be recharged, and he needed the connection with uh, the Father that each and every one of us need. He also fasted. Jesus, uh, after his baptism, removed himself, and he went to the wilderness, and he fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I want to stop here, and I want to just ask the question, if the Son of God, God in the flesh, needed to give, pray, and fast, how much more do you and I? We must pray. We must fast. We need this in our life. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we've got to imitate Jesus. And we're moving into this new season uh, where we've left kind of everything that's been going on with the New Year's, Christmas, and we're entering a new season where we're going to do business with God, and we're going to refocus, and we're going to get back to what we've been called to do, and that is to be God's servants in his kingdom. And I don't know about you, but I need all the power that I can get. I need all of the authority from heaven that I can get, and I am here today to tell you we need to go get some stuff. How many is in the mood to go get some things in 2024? How many is in the mood? To take back for the kingdom of God. Point number two, giving, praying, and fasting open our lives to the supernatural. People ask all the time, how did you do this here? People would drive for hours to come meet with Bishop. How did this happen here? And they got their little pen and their paper waiting for like five points. And he'll just curtly say prayer and fasting. No, 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 really. Tell, tell me, what was your business plan? Tell me, what was your outreach plan? Prayer and fasting. Everybody say, prayer and fasting. What's our plan? Prayer and fasting. What's our secret? Prayer and fasting. How, how does the Spirit show up? Prayer and fasting. How does revival happen? Prayer and fasting. Come on, is anybody with me today? Anybody know that you have to go in prayer and fasting? Jesus said, referring to a special miracle that he did that his disciples could not do. He said, these things come by only prayer and fasting. You can coast through life getting some things. But if you're going to go really deep in the supernatural, you're only going to get there through prayer and fasting. Giving prayer, praying, and fasting open us up to the supernatural. It's no accident that Jesus started. The first thing he mentioned in Matthew 6 was giving. And I, I want to connect this to prayer and fasting. You see, what we're doing for the next 21 days, we're giving it to God. And, and there's this uh, principle in the Old Testament called the first fruits. And the first fruits were this, whenever you were blessed with a crop, you gave the first fruits to God. That was his, and it, it was basically a, a shadow, it was a metaphor for tithing. When we tithe, we give the first to God, the first of our paycheck, that, that belongs to God, that's a picture of the first fruits. And the reason why we fast and pray every January is we are giving the first fruits of this year to God. We're giving him the first of, of the first month to him 
completely focusing on what's him. Why? Because the first sets the tone for the rest. You want to see dysfunction in your house? Be grouchy for the first 10 minutes. Can I get an amen? How, how many have lived out that experience? You, you want to set the tone of your day? Start with God. You want to start the tone for your year? Start with God. And so praying and fasting are a form of giving back to God. And you'll never pray and fast until you get this concept, is that I am a giver. And I give first to God. I don't give first to people. I give first to God. And when you get the spirit of giving, that God has done so much for you. Has God done so much for anybody here today? And a spirit of giving says, I'm going to give back this first 21 days to him. Giving is a test. Until we pass the giving test, we'll never go deeper in the spiritual things. And that's why I actually hate to say it like that, because giving is spiritual. And that's what a lot of people never understand. Giving is spiritual. Why? Because it's an indication of my heart. When God says, I want that, when God says, give that to me, and I'm reluctant, and, and what God is asking for us is these 21 days. Now, now these 21 days are not in the Bible. It's a concept that we've come up with, but, but it is a biblical concept to give God your first fruits. And I think it's a biblical concept to give God the first fruits of our time. And so we as a church, we're going to give God the first fruits of our calendar. You know what you give to God? You give to God with your talent. That's your abilities. You give to God through your uh, treasure. That's your money. And the third way you give to God is through your time. And that last one is oftentimes the most difficult to give up. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I, would, I would rather write a check than to have to fast. Is anybody else with me? Anybody can we be honest? Like, how much do I have to pay to get out of this? And God's saying, no, no, no. I want your treasure too. But I want your time. I want your energy. Give it to me and watch what I will do. And anything you give back to God, he will always multiply. If it's energy, if it's time, watch God multiply opportunities. Watch God give you strength. Watch God do what only he can do. Give him back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Come on, how many can testify that God always returns what we give to him? And so when we give back to God, it opens up the supernatural. In the next 21 days, we're gonna give back to God. And I want you to, to, to realize that, that you're triggering supernatural things when you give. And, and the third thing is this, third point today, fasting and prayer takes us to the secret place. That is the point that Jesus is making in Matthew chapter 6, Psalm 90, 90, uh, 91, 1. A lot of us have probably heard this before. He who dwells, what? In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What does that mean? That means if, if I put myself in his presence 
and his presence alone, I'm under his covering. I'm under his authority. I'm under his protection. Anybody want that over your life? To be under the shadow of the Most High. Now, I want us to go back and I want us to read Matthew 6 through that prism. He says this, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on corners of streets that they might be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father, who is where? In the secret place. You want to get to the secret place? You've got to find a prayer closet. And he says, when you get to that, that place, he's going to meet you. And your Father who sees you in secret, everybody say in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Everybody say, do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And here's what I want to tell us, that please don't let the only time you pray be at church. Please don't let the only time you pray is when people are around. It's like, oh, you know, we're about to eat. and I don't want my kids to think I'm not a good Christian, so we, we better pray. No, no, you, you need to find a prayer closet. Some have called it, it's kind of been rebranded in recent years, a war room, which I think is more appropriate. Jesus says, I, I, I don't want you to get on Facebook and talk about how long you prayed today. So people will think you're spiritual. I want you to go to your prayer closet and I'll meet you there. And I want to just encourage somebody to get alone with God and he will meet you there. Can anybody testify that there's been times in your life where you are fighting for your very soul. You are fighting to just keep go on one more step. And you come to your prayer closet. And I, I, I can't tell you where that place is. You have to find it for yourself. But find a place where you can get alone with God. And I promise you, he will meet you there. And what is prayer? It's a conversation with God. You don't have to know the right words. You don't have to know the right cues. Just start talking to God. Just start pouring your heart out to God. And he will listen. Let the motivation of prayer be this. And this is the heart of what we want in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. My motivation for prayer is I want to meet God. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, a chapter earlier in this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What are the pure in heart? The pure in heart don't come before God with a wish list and God, I need this, God, I need that, God, fix this, God, fix that. There's a part of prayer with that. There's a petition's a part of prayer. But more than that is God, please meet with me. God, please show yourself to me. God, please speak to me. God, I want to know you. Does anybody want to know Jesus? 
Does anyone want the presence of God more than his gifts? So let the motivation of prayer be to usher you into the secret place. And I don't know about you, but with, with everything that's just been going on with Christmas, New Year's, and, and the busyness of the past month, I'm ready for the secret place. Is anybody else ready for the secret place? So let's prepare ourselves to meet God. Jesus said this. He said, a misconception, guys, is that longer prayers impress me more. He says, don't go babbling on like the pagans do. For they think they'll be heard for their many words. In other words, what Jesus is saying here, it's more about quality than it is quantity. Well, pastor, I have ADD and I can only pray for five minutes at a time. Welcome to the club. Give God five minutes throughout the day. Watch what happens. Don't make it legalistic. Don't make it, I, I have to say so much. Or Do you talk to other people that way? No, most of our conversations are in short segments. And they get to the point. Get to the point. Get to the point with God. Pour out to him what's on your heart. Tell him about your frustrations. Tell him about your failures. And God will meet you there. And, and here's what I want us to do for these 21 days. This is cheesy and I don't care. I mean, this is the same guy that tells dad jokes from the pulpit. So I, I don't care. But we're going to do 12 at 12. Everybody say 12 at 12. I think we have a slide for that. 12 at 12. We're going to give God 12 minutes at noon. Everybody say 12 minutes at noon. If everybody in this church, when we're supposed to be chowing down, if we would feast on God for 12 minutes. And it doesn't have to be right at noon, just over the noon hour. If everybody could slip away and for 12 minutes, we go before the throne room of God. I believe that powerful things could happen. So set those alerts on your phone for the next 21 days, 12 at 12. We're going to go before the throne of God together because there's power in corporate prayer. There's power when believers band together in prayer. What, what does the word of God say? The prayers of a righteous man avails much. If it's powerful for one person, how much more powerful would it be for several hundred? Come on, who's going to get on board for 12 for 12? And he, he continues on in, in Matthew 6. He says, moreover, when you fast. Again, not if, but when. Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad, sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward. And here's what the Pharisees would do. The Pharisees would fast and they loved to let everyone know that they were fasting. And so they, they would, they loved to look miserable and they would love, you know, walk in and like, oh, I just, I feel so tired. Well, why do you feel, well, I'm fasting. Here's what I want to do. I don't want you to go on Facebook and talk a whole lot about this. This is family business. Second thing, the world doesn't really care anyway. 
And so when we do this fast, for, for the most part, I'm gonna, I want to challenge you, keep this private. Keep what you're fasting. Keep, keep how you're fasting. None of that matters to us anyway. It, it, it's not going to matter if I know. What matters is that God knew. And, and here's what I want you to do as you enter this fast. Write down what you're going to do and make a vow before God that you're going to do it. Now, I'm just going to give you a, a sample plan, and I'm giving you this again because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, go against everything that I just preached. But I'm, I'm giving you this as, as a model. Uh, this Next week, I'm going to do one meal a week. The next week, I'm going to try to do as much of, of full fasting, no, no food whatsoever, as much as I can. And then the, the third week, I'm going to try to do some special fast to kind of um, get back into the flow of things, maybe vegetables only, something like that. Now, for you, don't feel pressured to do that. You do what is challenging for you. You do what's appropriate for you. Some people have said that they're going to go full no social media for 21 days. That's awesome. Uh, some people, uh, you know, have health challenges, and I, I want to really encourage you, be careful. D don't do anything that's, that's going to harm your body. But do something that's challenging. Do something that's going to eliminate distractions. Do something that's going to make you focus on Jesus. And so fasting, here's what I want to tell you. Fasting is not a tactic. It's a strong-arm God to do things for us. Fasting is about growing closer to him. Fasting and prayer, they take us to that secret place where we become more focused. And here's what often happens. Miracles do happen through prayer and fasting, not because we've strong-armed God, but because we are in alignment with him and we're in a place with him where miracles can happen. How many want to see some miracles happen this year? How many want to see some people you've been praying for come through those doors in 2024 and come in and repent and be baptized and be full of the Holy Ghost? I wish I had somebody would stand in faith right now and just claim it. God, I believe that I'm going to see some big things. Everybody say big things in 2024. I'm believing for it. I'm going for it. Fasting doesn't get God on your agenda. It opens you up to his. And it puts you in alignment with him. And so I don't fast because I'm spiritual. I want you to, to catch this. I don't fast because I'm spiritual. Y'all, a lot of you who grew up with me, I, I don't have to convince you of that. I, I don't fast because I'm spiritual. I fast because I'm carnal. I fast because I'm prone to follow my flesh, and I'm prone to let it boss me around. And, and, and you know, you're, you're going to be tempted. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be tempted. If you go on this journey, you're going to drive by Burger King, and they're going to have two Whoppers for $5 the day you start your fast. I promise you. That taco truck they have going around Effingham is going to be parked right where you Go, and it never shows up there, but it's going to show up there in this 21 days. How many love a good taco truck? Come on. I mean, that's the best response I got all done. Thank you. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, if, if you go on this, this journey, 
prepare for battle. Because the enemy knows what's on the other side. I'm not telling you, oh, during this 20, next 21 days, your family's going get, to uh, get along better than they have in years. No, that's very possible. You guys might fight more than you have before because you're all going to be hungry. I'm kidding. But prepare. What happened to Jesus in his 40 days of fasting and prayer? The devil showed up. And he's going to do everything he can to distract you. He's going to do everything to discourage you. He's going to tell you, you know, you're giving up this meal for nothing. Your child will never be saved. You'll, you'll never see that financial turnaround. And know what you have to do? You just have to be faithful. You have to have your mind made up. How many have your mind made up? I've come this far now to turn around. I've got to keep going. I've got to keep fighting for my loved ones. I've got to keep fighting for my church. I've got to keep fighting for the people that are depending upon me. And that's why we've got to pray and fast because the world needs a powerful church. The world needs a church that's full of spiritual life and spiritual power. So please don't be feel pre- don't feel pressured or guilt-driven this 21 days. Don't come up to me and apologize because you ate something or that's between you and God. But I want I do want you to do is to be inspired to get closer to Jesus. This isn't about making me happy or Bishop happy. I want you to get closer to Jesus and I want you to be filled with more spiritual power. And the Bible is replete with people who when they fasted and prayed, God changed them. God changed situations. God opened up the heavens. And I believe that if we had all across this nation There's different churches going on this fast. I believe that we can see repentance come to this nation. We can see a turnaround in this nation. Somebody believe that with me today. On this 21 days, ask God to give you a desire for more of him. And here's how you know it's working. When you want to quit. When you want to eat. That's a sign it's working. You know what that is? That's God opening you to an invitation to say, pass that, push away that plate, come into my presence. For those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And the goal is you get so full of God's power, those things look less tempting the more you fast. Because once you go to the secret place, It changes the way you look at the world, the way you look at yourself, the way you look at him. The purpose of fasting is to remind our flesh that it's subjected to God and it will not control us. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he says that I discipline my body. Everybody say, I discipline my body. And I bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. What's he saying? He said, I constantly tell this flesh, no. And Paul said, I I was in constant fastings. Part of disciplining our body is fasting. And and I want to just encourage you, it's not just about food. Some of us need to pull back on the social media. Some of us need to pull back on the Netflix. Some of us need to pull back on the sports and on the TV. And we need to 
put our body under subjection, reel that flesh in, and get connected to God. And I want to close today with, with two things. Number one, we're fasting and praying to get closer to God. And number two, we're fasting and praying to see breakthroughs in the kingdom of God. How many knows it's all about the kingdom of God? And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to make a list. And this is helpful because it reminds us why we're fasting. I want you to make a list of people you're fasting for. Lord, I want to see this person baptized. Lord, I want to see this person delivered. I want to see these things change. You know why? Because when I write it down and I'm tempted to break my fast, I see that face. And I think, is it really worth this cheeseburger for my son's future? Is it really worth breaking my fast when maybe it's one more prayer, it's one more day of fasting that would change the situation in my family, change the situations around me? And so when we do that, when we write it down, it's a reminder we're fighting for what is eternal. Can we stand to our feet today all over this place? And here's what I want us to do. I want us to lift up our hands all over this place right now. And I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you. God, speak to me, God. What would you have me do for these next 21 days? Lord, speak to me, God, about what you would have me to fast for. Lord, what, what is it, Lord, that I've been blind to? Lord, what, who are the people around me that are hurting? Who are the people that need someone to stand in the gap? And, and if there was somebody praying and fasting for them, it might change the trajectory of their life. It might change the whole situation. Some of you here today, you're here today because someone prayed and fasted for you. There was a grandma, there was a praying mama who prayed and fasted till you came home, who prayed and fasted until you were healed, prayed and fasted until you were delivered. And the best thing we can do is keep the gifts going. There's people here today that they're not here today. But when we pray and fast, God's gonna open up their mind. God's gonna open up their spirit. And when we pray and fast for them, we're gonna pray, God, remove the blindness, remove the darkness. Uh, we're gonna pray and fast. How, how many wanna see more people baptized, more people filled with the Holy Ghost? How many wanna see celebrate recovery? How many wanna see dream to destiny come to completion? We're not giving up. And so as we gather in this altar today, let's come before the Lord, saying, God, open up the heavens. Help me, God, to put this flesh under subjection. God, how many knows that we need God to get God? Ask God, give me a deeper desire for the things of God. Give me a deeper desire Lord, to know you. Give me a deeper desire, not just to see what I can get by with, but how I can go deeper in my relationship with you in 2024. Lord, help me become a disciple. Disciples give, they pray, and they fast. And that's what we're going to do for these next 21 days. And so I'm going to open up these altars today for prayer. If you're here today and you need prayer, you need prayer for healing, come to the front. The, the past couple weeks, we've got 
good reports from people in this church that need miracles. Come on, let's give God praise for that. God, God's hearing our prayers. I want to encourage our students, our young people, get on board with this prayer and fasting. Learn how to pray and fast when you're a teenager. Watch what God will do in your life. Come on, let, let's seek the Lord right now all over this house. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, miracles, God. I pray, bless every person, God, that made the effort to be here today. If there's anybody here today that wants to be baptized, come see me. We'll baptize you. But let's get a burden for souls. Let's get a burden for the lost. Let's get a burden for what God wants to do. God, I pray, open up the heavens over this place. In Jesus' name.